Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Well, the gang's back together on a Saturday morning. There's Joni Mitchell in that big yellow taxi. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy here this morning. G'day, Sherilyn. Morning, Pete. And today we're talking about trees because mm. the big day tomorrow, the World Tree Day. And I found this lovely poem. I'm not going to do the whole lot because if I put a finger down my throat, I'll do the whole ah, lot. But uh, it's Joy Kilmers and she says, I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. How do you feel about that? Well, yes, but you could plant one as well tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's so what's it. What's the significance of the World Tree Day, Sherilyn? It is a very important day. It's Australia's largest tree planting and nature care event. You get to join a community of, I'm going to say millions, is it millions? Of thousands of people. And the aim is to plant a million trees tomorrow. But it's about raising awareness as well. So schools across our lovely country yesterday would have participated. So if you're a grandparent or parent, you might have uh, been looking at all these pictures of trees and hearing all about it. So they got into it. Lots of different organisations have also donated trees and tomorrow is the big day for everybody so families people whoever you are get out there and join an event if you can't join an event why don't you just go and plant a tree somewhere and go native that's what i want you to do go native but should you wish to join a local planting jump onto the internet because you might be on the central coast we have listeners from all over the place planet ark so if you get onto planet ark and you click on to national tree day they've got a wonderful big map of the whole country. So if you, even if you're flying into, I don't know, the Kalgoorlie. Whole country. Today, you, you could be flying into Kalgoorlie or Perth today. I don't know what you're doing. And you can find somewhere and get along there. But across the central coast, I think we've got Porter's Creek Reserve. We've got the Arboretum at uh, Pearl Beach as well. That's just two to name. Oh, and the Central Coast Wetlands have got a whole thing going on as well. We'll let you know a bit more about that. Uh, I think in the first hour, we've got someone from Central Coast Council talking about that with us. But these events have, a lot of them have music, banger sangers as well. They've got all those sorts of things going okay. on. Activities for kids as big well. Time stuff, it's a huh? big time stuff. And just get in there and learn how to plant a tree as well. That's really important because not only are you helping by planting them, but you're also learning about our natural environment, how to plant trees and how to look after those trees as well. Because it's all very well for us to all get out there and plant them. But then how do we all look after these going into the future? You'll find out all about that on National Tree Day. Okay, the Gardening Gang today being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and Trees and RVs. How about that? <laughs> and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Now, Luke's on the line. We'll talk to him from the council right after this one. This morning on the Gardening Gang. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on the radio this Saturday morning with a uh, big program. It's all about uh, the National Tree Day today. It is. Now, Sherilyn, we've come across somebody at the council, Central Coast Council, mm -hmm. who is really in the know about this. He's the environmental manager mm -hmm. for the council, Luke uh, Solkowski. And Luke is now on the line this Saturday oh, morning. Thanks for taking morning. the morning off, mate, uh, to join us. I know it's a big weekend coming up for uh, National Tree Day. It is. Thanks for having us. Yeah, one we look forward to every year. Now, what's planned for the, the actual days tomorrow and uh, what, in fact, is uh, being planned by the council? 
Yeah, we try and make it a, a little bit of an event each year. Uh, we've got two sites where we're inviting people to come along to tomorrow and to volunteer and plant some of the plants which we'll provide. We've got a site at Kilcare Beach and a site at Porter's Creek Wetlands, so one kind of each end of the coast. Mm-hmm. We'd love people to come along and participate and uh, in get involved in the tree planting, but also maybe get involved in some of the other activities we've got planned. Would they be suitable for families, like with little kids? For sure, yeah. I've taken my own family a few times in previous years with little ones, and, um, you know, mum and dad can get, get in there alongside them and help them. We've even got things such as uh, some native animal displays coming along, so some of the kids might be able to come in and look at a, some uh, lizards or snakes or mm. uh, kidneys and things of things of that nature. So we, we try to broaden people's understanding of our natural environment on the Central Coast and general appreciation of it mm. uh, further beyond just the National Tree Day event. I understand. Now, I picked up on uh, that venue, one venue, Kilcare Beach. What was the mm-hmm. other venue that uh, you mentioned to us, Luke? Water Creek Wetlands, yeah. So Kilcare Beach is more of a dune environment, which yeah. we will be inviting people to come along and plant in. Um, we've recently done some weed management in some of those areas. Now yeah. we want to put some of the native plants back in so people will be able to go and attend there. It's just near the surf club and maybe catch a glimpse of some migrating whales at the same time. Porter's uh, Creek Wetlands, our largest freshwater wetland on the central coast and we've been doing some restoration work there for a couple of years now and having National Tree Day events there and that's near Wyong Christian Community School at Allison Road at Wyong. Ah, uh, now so I got you. Okay. That's up near the uh, the, the old dairy somewhere, is it? Up that way? A bit before that's there. That's right, yeah. Are sure. you still focused there with putting trees in for the swift parrots? Because I remember there was something going on there with Porter's Reserve a, a few years ago with that. Yeah, we are. I think we've done some work there before and are saving our species mm. funding for swift parrot habitat and that's part of what we're also trying to re-establish here as part of National Tree Day. So there's um, plenty of areas. We've got a lot of opportunity to restore over coming years throughout that whole area and it's a a real primary corridor link going through Wyong up towards Waiye and uh, as I said, the largest freshwater wetland on the central coast and many people label it as the lungs of Tugger Lake. Mm. And how do people actually get involved in coming along? Do we need to get tickets or do we just rock on up? Uh, I think you can just turn up. But if you go to the National Tree Day website, you can actually, uh, which is run by Planet Art, the details of each event for, that we're hosting are on there. I think there's a tab on the top which says join a planting. So you mm-hmm. can click on that, go to the map, find the place which suits you best. And I might also add, I've had a look on there myself. Uh, Council's hosting two sites, but there's actually six sites being run across the Central Coast. So there's some other volunteer groups and whatnot that are are also hosting sites, and we're not precious about it. If you'd rather go to them, um, we're more than happy to support all of those people and make sure we get as many people involved as possible. All right, Luke, and if we're going, what do we need to take? Do we need to take any tools or gloves? Uh, gloves will be provided, but if you want to bring your own, that's great. That helps us. And the only other things we'd recommend are things such as sun protection, protection from the weather, the water, shoes. Yeah. yeah, we will be having. Well, obviously, chill care. There's uh, the surf clubs just around the corner. So if you okay. want to drop in and grab a bite or a snack or whatever, and I think we're actually having the Lions Club provide a sausage sizzle at the Porter's Creek Wetland site as well. Oh. 
we're, we're going to have some environmental workshops and education sessions as well. I think there's a bit of music at each site. So like I said, little mini events. We're hoping of putting about 5,000 trees and shrubs in the ground over the course of uh, those few days. Love it. There we go. Luke, you've got a full program organised for tomorrow and uh, well done on the preparation for that one, mate. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Love well done to everybody that. concerned. Yeah. Luke Solkowski, he's the Environmental Manager with the Central Coast Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for joining us today, mate. Thanks, Luke. Thanks uh, so much for your time. No problem. All the best now. Coast FM, this is The Gardening Gang on the National Tree Day weekend. Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963. This is The Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn every Saturday morning right here at your community radio station, Sherilyn I know it's not time to put your put your hands dirty, get your hands dirty, mm-hmm. but perhaps we should take an opportunity because tomorrow is the National Tree Planting Day mm-hmm. to talk about how to plant a tree efficiently and correct. And I have heard the old adage: uh, spend twice as much on the hole as you would on the tree. Mm. Please explain. Wise, wise words indeed. No use planting the most fantastic healthy tree in the world in a hole, in the swirl, that's what it means, that has not been properly prepared. So prior preparation is everything. So you've got to make sure that the area that you plant your tree in is firstly correct for the species that you've selected. So some, a lot of trees need full sun, some need semi-shade, some full shade, not that many, but make sure you're putting it in the right location. Make sure that the earth is nice and fertile, but suitable for that tree. So a lot of native trees, they'll prefer sandier soil or they can cope with harsher soils as well than something that might be introduced. But again, go native, please go native. Anyway, so find out what sort of conditions your tree needs and make sure that you've prepared it really well in advance. This isn't a time to go rushing. You can buy your tree and set it aside and prepare your hole really, really well. Make sure that when you're digging that you check before you dig that there's no utilities underneath there. Remember, your tree's going to grow, hopefully, really big. And those roots are going to be sometimes three, four more times bigger than the the actual tree. So you've got to be careful of that. You don't want it interfering with underground cables and water pipes and things like that. Also, maybe that sort of tree, if it does have very extensive roots, mightn't be sensible for that area. You you, you take your tree out when you're all ready. You remove it from the container and tap away the soil that's covering the root ball and you place the tree at the proper height. There should be some indication there. Usually you make sure you just match when you're actually filling in that hole. You're matching it to where the dirt has previously been in its little um, container, but that mightn't be correct. So make sure you check how far you've got to actually plant that tree down. Keep it nice and straight as well and gently backfill the hole and firmly tap the soil around it as well. This is very basic information, madam. Well, you know, not everybody... Do you know... (laughs) Well, you... I should keep it straight. Listen, listen, I've had, you know, I've I've had... I've, (laughs) I've had people hang 
pictures for me before or help me not no, hang for me. I'll tell you what, I've seen some crooked pictures around and I've seen some crooked trees growing. You know what? <laughs> Somebody somewhere hasn't planted that quite correctly. So it brings me to the next little point. You might have to stake the tree as well. You might have it nice and straight and all well, but because it's a little tree, you know, the ne- the first lot of wind that comes through or lots of rain or, you know, the puppy dog running past it, that's another thing. You need to protect it. So if you've got little kids and puppy dogs and cats running around and all that sort of you thing, need a stake. you might, not just a yeah. stake, you might need to actually put a whole lot of stakes around it and put some netting around or something just to give it a start in life. That's it. Now, keep checking your tree as well. Most of them need to, the soil needs to be kept moist while it's just getting established well fertilised, just whatever the species is, check in with that. Your local nurseries or wherever you got your tree from should be able to give you lots of information on what your little baby tree needs so that it can grow up one day to be a nice, big, gorgeous tree. And if you're in doubt, look for the book uh, by Cheryl and Darcy's uh, all about uh, planting trees. You haven't bought that one out yet. No, it's not mine. David, uh, Daniel Butler has a wonderful (laughs) little book. It's called How to Plant a Tree. It's it's pretty new. It's a simple celebration of trees and tree planting ceremonies as well. So it's got some beautiful ideas in there, very basic information on planting trees, but it's gorgeous. It's a little gift book. I love it. Someone gave it to me once. The Gardening Gang from Coast FM. Fresh, filtered water in your own home. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. Today we're talking on the Gardening Gang about uh, National Tree Day mm. and we've found ourselves a bushwalker. We have, who <laughs> really appreciates those beautiful trees. It's uh, Barbara Melville and Barbara's also involved in the uh, organisation we had mentioned earlier called the Australian Native Plant Society. Central right? Coast, yes. Central Coast. Mm. Now, Barbara, welcome on board. You Are you walking at the moment somewhere in Thank the forest you. or... Uh, at no, home. no, no, no. Too early. I'm at home at the moment. <laughs> okay, that's okay. I'm, I'm sure you're planning something nice for National Tree Day. So, what uh, drew you to um, the native plants? Is it something that's been in your blood? You think? Yeah, it is. My my grandmother was a Maori, or yes. part Maori, yeah. and she used to take me in the bush in southern Sydney when I was a little tot, hmm. and I grew to love the trees, the flowers. And and then my parents sort of kept us on that path as well. And and then I married a man who also enjoyed the bush, and that's sort of just been the story. So did you meet on the trail or not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, na- native trees for Central Coast Gardens. What do you recommend, Barbara? I would recommend a Melaleuca hypericifolia. I'll have three, I'm thanks. sorry, I don't know the common names of some of these. But Melaleuca. Um, Melaleuca hypericopolia. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's got an orangey, pinky orange red um, brush, and mm. the birds adore it. Is it a large um, tree, Barbara? It probably can grow up to four meters, mm-hmm. and and it's a branchy tree. Mm. It's, it's not a huge tree, but it's a good um, boundary fence line. I like that. It's like it's, a, it's like a very yeah. large shrub or a small tree. I yeah. like that. That's very large. That's a category I like. <laughs> Yes. And, yes. and what else have you got there that you think would be good? Um, the blueberry ash is right is good for the right place. It gets very tall, mm-hmm. and unless you want to pay money to have it pruned regularly, <laughs> um, it, it could be a problem. So it's um, better on acreage on the coast, probably. I think so, but, mm-hmm. but many people grow them in the suburbs. Oh, okay. Um, we, we've had it. We've got three in our garden, mm-hmm. and but they're 
they're all around the five metre mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anglophra hispida is another beauty. Which one? In- Anglophra hispita. It's a, a small Anglophra. Uh, Anglophra is in the bush of the big red trees. Yeah, with beautiful the bark. Beautiful. And they're huge and they drop limbs. Mm-hmm. But there's a small one and it's called hispita. Dwarf apple, I think it's called. Oh. Um, and that gets gorgeous white flowers like a gum in or early summer and it attracts insects by the dozens. Um, it's a Is that a good thing? To look out the window. Yeah. Attracts right. insects? Yeah, insects. Yes. You need insects yes. in a garden. Oh, okay, right. So, no, I think you, I, when you said insects, I, the first thing I thought it was redback spiders. <laughs> I don't know why. Why did that no. come to mind? I would no. love that. No, I do love an angophra. I do. They have the most, as you said, the most I'll gorgeous. I'll just down here, angophra. Okay. They have the most gorgeous bark, and I do have one right on my fence line that has dropped a few limbs. So where would I find one, one of those to buy? Will I go up to the... Uh, the wildflower, wildflower meadow. meadow. Wildflower meadow. Oh, no, they, got they the, would ask. You could ask. You could ask, but I, a little birdie told me that uh, sometimes you have plant sales at the Australian Native oh. Plant Society as well, Barbara. We do. I, they're mainly smaller plants than big trees, mm-hmm. um, but they have a lot of selection. They have. Uh, we have a group of keen propagators, and the plants, they're getting ready at the moment. They've got several hundred, which will be in an online sale on the Australian Plant Society Central Coast Group website. Now, when does that, um, come, in, when does that come into effect um, for, 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 for listeners? The, to... I think it's the second week in September, but if they look on the website, there will be publicity about it very soon. And that website address, Barbara? Ostplants, A-U-S-T, plants. Well, there you go. My inquiry has come at the right time. You've you've asked at the right time to get some nice plants there. And I'll just let you know, I've got a couple of plants from them and they're superb, absolutely superb. Some little grevilleas, the little, I think they're called little, they're fairy grevilleas. They're absolutely gorgeous. I got at one of your last sales and they're growing fantastically in my garden at the moment so highly recommend your plants and all funds raised from the plant sales go back to keep the society going that's right yes yes and are you welcoming new members to your society as well always yes we we love having some new members and Um, how can they get involved barbara Sherilyn wants to join. They can. <laughs> Sherilyn's been and spoken to us once. I have. Last year. Not very yeah, well, though, that was great, though. <laughs> She hasn't been invited back. That's mean. That is so mean, Pete. Uh, Barbara talking to us today on National Tree Day. I hope we've learned something. I've learned about these Angothras. You they have. sound pretty cool. Okay, thank thanks, Barb. Have a great day. That's okay. All thank of us there. There's Barbara Melville, Bye. part of the gardening gang this morning at Coast FM. Let's go, girls. In 16 minutes before 9 o'clock with Pete and Sherilyn this morning. Now, Thursday night, Sherilyn had a very, very interesting invitation to attend the uh, Central Coast premiere of Rachel's Farm. Mm-hmm. 
And you got to meet the fabulous Rachel Ward. I Tell sh- me about it. Sure did. It was an amazing evening. Sold out at the Avoca Beach Picture Theatre as well. And no wonder. It was just such a wonderful film and a, an amazing journey that Rachel's taken on her farm at Nambucca, Nambucca Valley. I'm not very mm. familiar with that area up there. Beautiful area. They've had the farm, uh, Rachel and her husband, Brian Brown, for a very long time and farmed in a conventional way. And she has now gone into regenerative farming, which is very familiar with a lot of our farmers on the Central Coast. In fact, we had Shannon Kelly there as well on the panel, and he's from Full Circle Farm here on the Central Coast. When you say the panel, though, you showed the movie, then you guys were speaking about the... uh, About the film and about regenerative farming and how people could get involved as well, whether it's farming or with their garden as well. So there was myself, Rachel Ward, uh, Murray Lowe's, who's Dirt Girl, she was our MC as well, and Shannon Kelly from Full Circle Farm. So we answered some questions from the audience as well and just spoke about regenerative farming and how people could get involved as well on the coast. We have so many farmers working this way across the central coast. How did many come along? Yes, they did. They did. There were people in was the... Was it standing room only to see Sharon <laughs> or maybe Rachel? <laughs> I think it was to see Rachel, Pete, and also to support our farmers and gardeners. <laughs> but it's a, it's a wonderful movie that she has created. Uh, it's a wonderful behind-the-scenes look at what it actually takes to change from conventional farming methods to something that is actually looking after our soil. And regenerative farming is all about regeneration of the soil so that we can have... Uh, beautiful farming techniques well into the future as well. And it, and it, it's not easy. She's, she, it's Did they talk about Roundup at all? Not in a good way, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so not in a good I way whatsoever. <laughs> but if you want to know more about the film, it opens everywhere across the country. Uh, August 3rd, it, uh, it, it's a wonderful film. It's heartwarming. It's informative as well. And it's just fascinating to see uh, what people who haven't been involved in farming and how they get involved with it. And as I said, it's warts and all. It's very, very good. If you want to support our regenerative farmers on the Central Coast, you can go to Love Central Coast and have a look. You can have a look at uh, Central Coast Permaculture as well. It has a whole list of people who are farming organically and regenerative as well. Now, I'm taking bets today with yes. a few of the staff members here on the production crew <laughs> at Coast FM that the movie Barbie oh. will do better than the movie... Rachel's Farm. What are your thoughts? Oh, no. I'm sick of hearing about Barbie. You reckon that farm's going to do better? Oh, my gosh. It (laughs) should do better. It should. Coast FM, Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy. Saturday morning, it's the Gardening Gang being sponsored by a whole bunch of people, including Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs open all this weekend at uh, Wyoming. Thanks, guys. And also, Doormaster Security Doors and Windows, and they're very secure. Mm. At Berkeley Vale, they're back on Monday. Now, Vicky is joining us. What hot Vicky is on the line this morning? Yep. Good and morning. Morning. How are you, did I see a little uh, Facebook shot of you with a new colour hair, Vicky? Did this come forward on the whim <laughs> of being a Barbie or not? I suspect you might be a, a Barbie uh, supporter. What do you... Yeah, I've gone from the dark side to the lighter side in the hair department. <laughs> she's a Barbie girl. Uh, she's a Barbie girl. I've gone from a, a light red to a Barbie. <laughs> I like it. Uh, she's a Barbie girl from a Barbie world. Any complaints uh, about that dark-haired girl that works at Narara Valley Nursery? She's no longer uh, here. <laughs> that's a point. That's a point. Love it. Okay. Now, we're talking about what is hot in the gardening world. Mm-hmm. Vicky, what is a super deal around the coast? 
Uh, this is excellent. I'm going to start with the very hot, which is Burbank House and Garden, have a winter warmer workshop called Pinot and Picasso. It's a paint and sip workshop, and I really want to go. <laughs> right. Okay, let's go, Vicky. We'll go together. Pinot, <laughs> sip and slap paint on Picasso. a canvas. So you paint is it a gardening thing or just a painting thing? Oh, painting yeah. in the garden. And they yeah, serve wine. Right. Yeah. Oh, golly. That sounds pretty <laughs> cool. Sounds like you're sort of gardening, Pete. <laughs> Any bourbon? And the Wildflower Meadow next door to Burbank and Erina have Grevillea storicii, which is only found in two locations on the Central Coast, so it endemically grows here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's found in Mullet Creek and Mooney Mooney Creek, and it's considered to be a vulnerable species, and they have it for sale. And it has an absolutely gorgeous purple and white flower if you want to get in there and get yourself one. Right. Okay. Anything and from Mullet Creek sounds good. <laughs> Mullet Creek. And if you're looking for sheep manure, head to Charmhaven Garden Centre, and it's Helen Toey time at Forest's Beach Garden Centre. Wonderful. Uh, it's all very hot there. Okay, it's a hot season coming into spring very, very soon. Maybe far before we're into Ooh, that. Far away now. now, what about Narara Valley Nursery? What's on okay. uh, What's on the hot list there? Dun, da, da, da. It's the return of the dwarf diosma. These diosmas are a smaller growing, rounded evergreen shrub which, which features masses upon masses of star-like flowers available in pink and white. And don't forget, it's still 20% off. Everything's full price in our nursery. Sale ends the 31st of July. Well, there's a, she gets a lot of hot stuff in there. Pete's been waiting well, for that last, shrub to come on, back. That's the, that means you've got three days left of that major, major offer. You know what yeah. I mean? Are we that? 31st oh, of July yeah. is Monday. Have you forgot that calendar yep. date in your book? Okay, there that's you go. Right. Get in this weekend because okay. this is your last chance. That's the one. Get mm. the weekend deal. Okay, well, that's uh, lovely, Vicky. Now, what's not so hot in the world of the green thumb? Okay, so <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face. Being attacked by killer leeches, but there's not much you can do about that. Oh, no, I can't stand them. That's my one pet hate. I can't. I can handle ticks and I can handle mozzies I thought you were a girl spiders. guy. You would have been used no, to leeches. I'm gagging. I can't, I can't do it, Pete. And Vicky, I'm going to have to, Pete, you're going to have to talk to her. La, 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 la. <laughs> it's not really my what not hot. I just thought I'd rather Bloody leeches. Out, Tina, my, my work colleague, what she thought, and she thought killer leeches was pretty unhot. Yep. But what I actually wanted to say was it's geranium rust. Um. It starts at the small pale yellow circles on the underside of leaves which quickly grow larger until they turn into a rusty brown colour. And this has been coming in quite a lot this week. Mm-hmm. Just remove and destroy the affected leaves and use a fungicide, something like eco-fungicide is perfect. Mm. Vicky, what are you on this morning? You're, you're talking at a million miles an hour. I can't uh, grasp some of that, but Sherilyn did, so clearly it's for gardeners, aren't I? She's talking gardenese. It's, it's those chemtrails. It's a new one, gardenese. <laughs> gardenese, like. the chemtrails. All right, now on. time to uh, turn our thoughts to the, the real wisdom of gardening in That's terms right. of the what's on... In terms of the uh, the gardening gang, uh, true or false game? That's right. Botanical fact or fib? Fact or fib? That's it. It's very okay. exciting. Are we've you been, ready, Ms. White? Ready? Okay, we've been talking <laughs> trees all day today, so I thought, why don't we talk apple trees? Because there's a tree everybody loves. Apple trees, where did they come from? Now, this is a fact. I'll, I'll help you all out with a fact to start with. Up until fairly recently botanists used to think that they just came from Italy and from the Mediterranean, but okay, right they on. found an ancient outcropping in Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan. So now they're like, mm, maybe Kazakhstan first so is where Eastern apples Europe, started. Maybe. Probably. Mm. So all around the place. So they're still not quite 
sure. And then we also all know if uh, there was an apple in the Bible as well. And there's apples mentioned throughout history in lots of different things. And we're going, apples have been around everywhere. So I'm going to put this to you. Is this a botanical fact or fib? The reason that there's so many references in biblical works and in artworks and everything to apples is because the word apple actually means in Old English any fruit. That's what it means. It doesn't actually just mean apples. It doesn't mean, mean computers apples. at all. No, it doesn't mean computers. <laughs> any apple, fruit. Apple in Old English meant any fruit. Is that a botanical Ooh. fact or fib? Well, I I, th- I know this. There's a phrase called um, the apple of my eye, and I'm sure it's not uh, in everyone's eye. There's an apple, so it might have been <laughs> something fruit. to focus on Could or any cherry. fruit. Uh, Vicky, have you thought much about this particular uh, fact or fiction um, answer? Yeah, I'm, I well, I suck at this game. Can I just say? So <laughs> I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I'm going to say that this is false. Okay, well, I'll take the view that it's a true statement. I'll take the view that that is a true statement, Sherilyn. Okay. It could be any fruit. Yeah, in Old English, the word apple means any fruit. (laughs) In the the Bible, there's a lot of people who believe it could have been a fig or a persimmon is another thing that they thought it was because that's what was growing in those sorts of areas at the time. They're talking about fig leaves in the Garden of Eden. They do, they do, they do. But apples, it was any fruit. Yep. Well, my world's been turned upside down. Oh, well, we'll give you another chance next week, Vic. Okay, thanks, babe. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Bye. Always great talking to Vicky there. What's hot from Narara Valley here on the Gardening Gang this morning? Good morning, Alan Grant. This is the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn, heard every Saturday morning on the Central Coast number one community radio station, Coast FM. And we are being sponsored today by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, Sherilyn. Mm. They're at uh, Wyoming, open all weekend. Thanks, guys. And also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows, performing a very important community event. And that is Sherilyn Darcy, who's about to tell us what to put in the soil. What's happening in the gardening world? Get your hands dirty. Time to get your hands dirty, Coasties, and people listening from all around the place. I believe there's people listening in Cambodia. We got an email the other day. Hello, how are you? There's there's a few. Time to get your hands dirty, of course. It's National Tree Day tomorrow. If you've just tuned in, you've got to get out there. And there's tons of events going on right across the Central Coast and right across our great nation as well. Jump onto treeday.planetarc.org and you will find an event next to you. You just rock on up. They've got gloves. You don't have to get your hands dirty. And plant a tree, have a banger sanger, listen to some music, get into the Tree Day events. Wonderful day. Also coming up on the 3rd of August on Thursday at 10.45am is a rose talk at Burbank House and Garden, Erina Heights. Time to talk roses? Grab a cuppa at the cafe and join the resident rose guru, Anya, for a free talk on all things roses, including pruning techniques, fertilising, pest and disease control and more. You don't need to make a booking. Just get on into Burbank this Thursday, the 3rd of August at 10.45am. Right. In your garden, time to get your hands dirty. It is Camellia japonica time. They're in flower everywhere. So it's a great time to get out and choose yours. You also might find that your lawns need a top-up dressing of lime, those of you who have lawns. If you're looking at planting things this weekend other than trees, here's what you could choose from. Culinary herbs, artichoke suckers, asparagus crowns, beetroot, broad beans, cabbages, carrots, cress, 
Pete's favourite, kohlrabis, lettuce, mustards, onions, parsnips, peas, potatoes, rhubarb crowns can go in as well now, and so can silver beets still. Keep getting that silver beet in. If you keep putting that in, you'll have it for right up to spring, I think. African marigolds can go in, delphiniums, dianthus, English daisies, gypsophila, and also spider flowers, and status. Still some things you can be planting, even though it's cold. Beautiful. And those um, plants are all ready because it's warming up a little earlier this year. It is. Sherilyn, than we are expecting. Mm. Some people are making observations it's going to be a very, very warm, warm, warm and dry spring. That's right. Well, we're having a, an episode in a few... We're going to do a special show in a few weeks' time on how to drought-proof your garden because I've been looking at I that think going, I think... It's going to be very wise. Yeah, so mm. we've got to get in early and do those things. So listen out for that one. That'll be an important one. Classic hits on Coast FM's Gardening Gang and here's the band called The Real Thing. Cheryl and Darcy on The Gardening Gang this morning and let's talk about, Cheryl, and, uh, what we have in our garden to make a beautiful soup. Ooh. Now, with Paulie Mack joining us this morning, he just popped in the door to morning, say folks. hi. Morning. Hello, Paul. Hello. Paul's our, uh, our resident uh, Coast FM, uh, shall we say, chef. You, mm-hmm. you could. <laughs> we could. He doesn't like chefing because he likes talking rather than chefing. <laughs> so, Paulie, you've got a reputation of being able to create something out of nothing. I think yeah. your uh, skills, you had mentioned before on the, on the segment that if you were placed in front of a pantry, you'd find enough in there to make a reasonable meal for the family. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So I think then, I could probably do that. Mate, here we are, middle of winter. Well, soup, of course, is always the solution mm-hmm. for a family and, of course, with uh, times tight. 100%. Uh, a, a lower-cost uh, family meal. Mm. Where do we actually start in the garden finding things that'll be worthwhile to put into our soup. Okay, well... The, the Pauli Mac recommended soup. And it depends completely on your time of year, right? So right now. This time right of year, now. I'd be mm. using some root vegetables, you know, things that are cheap and abundant. Potatoes? Potato- yeah, potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing about potato soup is that you've got to... Because it's pretty starch heavy, you've got to oh, be yeah. careful not to over stimulate the starch. Mm-hmm. Does, that make, does that make sense? <laughs> because you can put it through a blender and it... It, it tends to um, it's gluggy, gloopy, it? and yeah. you're going to develop the starch too much. Okay, so, like less is more with potato soup, but okay. it's a perfect time of year for that. That kind of earthy flavours, you know, Indeed. the the um, mm. potatoes, celeries, mm. onions, kind of, and those things are cheap year round. So okay. I'll go to the supermarket. Mm. And I'll, I'll go, hey, what's cheap? Invariably, onions, celery, or oh, sometimes celery, mm. stuff that's cheap. But I'm, I'm, I found this, and what it reminded me. Fact. Well, it's a it's a thing, and it reminded me over. a little bit of you, in in the way. And let me try and describe this for you. Yes, it, it reminded me of our conversations about soup. All right. And I'm making soup for Kibble Park oh, this week. That. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, soup daddy. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't smell of much, yep, but okay. it's quite an it's iconic. Celery. It's got a celery kind of smell. It's about. a celeriac. Yeah. Oh, it's celeriac. Ah. Okay. But it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, it's. But it's terrifically tasty and complicated. I don't think you can eat that. Oh, don't, don't eat it, Peter. It hasn't even <laughs> been... fresh. <laughs> so for our listeners at home who might never mm. have seen one, it's like a big softball. It's probably a bit bigger than a softball. And it's uh, very bumpy all over. got roots coming <laughs> out of it. It's very Fibrous, yeah. bumpy, tubers. Fibrous, yes, that's it's right. The, and I'm, it's, you couldn't it's make it look good. Dirt or woolies. Yeah, that's well, woolies right. wouldn't, wouldn't um, present at all. But a couple, uh, once, a, once a year, these will start to get really cheap. 
Mm-hmm. That's probably going to set you back about six bucks at the moment, which oh, by, the, by yeah. the time you peel it, it's Too difficult much. to make anything okay. out of. And yeah. the flavour, what comes out? Um, it's a cross between potato and celery. It's not the same family as celery at all. Okay. Um, but it's and it's called celery. Okay, right. So, oh, celery, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> Very smooth. Let, let's start I've had that at one of our local restaurants. Beautiful. Just Down at the reef at Terrigal. Yeah, it had a steak very, or a piece yeah, of meat on that. And it was gorgeous. Oh, okay, yeah, as well yeah, as absolutely soup. gorgeous. Piece of pork belly, I reckon. <laughs> there we go. I'll oh, stop it, Paulie. So, uh, sorry, guys. So hungry. <laughs> All right, so we've got our base things, and we could have something a little bit exotic like this. What sort of herbs? Because I'm such a herby person. So, which ones do you think are good for winter that are growing at this time yeah. that we can herbs bring from herbs? the garden? Yeah, yeah, from the yeah garden. look, always in good in a soup, like the first part of a soup, the harder herbs, uh, thyme, uh, rosemary, and then later on, the softer stuff, you know, parsley's and. Um, it depends on what you soup the ingredients because they have to they have to all match. You you understand that if you put a a, a strange ingredient into a soup, yeah. it feels wrong. Look, I love I dill and I do put it in mm. everything, and then I have put it in soup sometimes. I've gone, that's made it so sort of taste right. kind of minty oh. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's, it's better with. Oh no, because I'm just a dill fanatic. I'm no not a dill, a dill fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I know exactly what you're saying. But you just boil it up for five hours, do you? No, no, no. Well, most the soups sit in different car- uh, categories, of course. So we're we're talking about like puree, a puree soup. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. And the the trick is really to start with a like the the holy grail of vegetables: the onions, carrots, and celery. That mm-hmm. gives you your base mm-hmm. flavors, mm-hmm. and then you can almost make anything from that. Okay. You know, you add then some vegetable stock, and these these celeriacs. You you don't overcook them. They take water on quite a lot. Oh, okay. So they get. A, it can be quite wet. You've got to be quite heavy-handed with the amount that you use. Mm. And you can always... I mean, potatoes are cheap as chips. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, 4 kilo. <laughs> I did a presentation for um, uh, Heinz in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago, and I used, I said it's as cheap as chips. And cheap <laughs> chips are more expensive than they've ever been <laughs> yeah. in the history of the potato. And oh, my like, God. Yeah. <laughs> Not That's as right. cheap as chips anymore. We, we need another. Cheap, unless you don't. cheap as carrots. <laughs> All right, and well, I'm going to ask the age-old question, what is your secret ingredient for a good pumpkin soup? Because everybody has... Has something. Mm, what would be yours? That's a good question, actually. We're playing around with this um, South American spice called tahine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know if you've seen it. It's in a little bottle. You'll get it from an Asian supermarket. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know what you're talking and about it's now. Li- it's like dehydrated lime and red pepper. Yes. And it's really good with pumpkin. Wow, my mouth's watering. It so that would so be good. a secret. Maybe a bit of honey. <laughs> honey. Oh, you know what I was trying to do there? I was trying to say agave and honey <laughs> at the same time. And I've invented honey. something new. Honey. Honey. Um, some honey works. Nutmeg, right. cinnamon, those kind yeah. of... Um, I said the cinnamon's Star mine. I, I always like to throw pepper. cinnamon in. Some pepper. Yeah. Black pepper. Standard. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not exciting though, is it? You know? Yeah. Well, it's tasty. Yes, yes, I have a soft is. spot. Smoked but... paprika, smoked oh, paprika, paprika oh, works yes, well right. with pumpkin. Yeah, okay. like that. Um, yes. yes. Well, we're just well. dreaming here this morning. Have we? <laughs> we're dreaming of a pot bring, bring in the food. Thank you very much. And Paulie, we've got stuck with this horrible-looking thing you left on the table. You can here. Keep that. The celeriac. Oh. 
You can throw uh, it in the sea tonight, First time I've Pete. ever seen one of those. Is uh, it? Sherilyn, it's, uh, yeah. In the raw. It's not a, not a feast for my eyes at all. <laughs> <laughs> not breathing. <laughs> Has it changed your mind about well, ordering it at the restaurant? Uh, no, well, I have ordered at the restaurant. Well, I know you have, but now that you've seen it. I had yeah. this perception that celerac was part of like celery, mm. but I've oh, now I learned to how you've made that. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that on board. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Thank you, Paul. Welcome. It's Paulie Mack, Thanks, Paul. um, who joins us regularly, most every week here at Coast FM. We're talking food with the Gardening Gang today and every Saturday. Uh, uh, uh. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here. It is the Gardening Gang, and we've got on the line right now, we've got uh, one of our real estate gurus. There's only one, Lachlan <laughs> McDonald from is. Ray White McDonald Partners. Oh, good morning, Lachlan, first of all. Yeah, good morning, guys. Caught up with a, um, a little listing here on the local uh, internet, hmm. on the local real estate internet, about blocks of land, substantial blocks of land, in a very nice tourist area of the entrance there. What's that, uh, is it called? Uh, uh, it's in, well, it's kind of between the entrance and Long Jetty Picnic here. Point area there. Yeah, it is. There's a, a whole lot of lots going up for sale, Lockie. They're calling it a developer's clearance. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but it was. they're saying that this area was the place to be in the 50s and 60s and a developer owns six big blocks there and one of them is the old kiosk and sort of milk bar I, I think that was that. there. Yeah. yeah, but they're getting rid of four of these big blocks. They're, they're for sale. It's a great opportunity well, for people. I don't know. Begs the question, is investing in resorts and uh, tourist properties worth it on the Central Coast, Lachlan? Well, I think, uh, you know, that area certainly uh, is something which is... Uh, said for some time is, is crying out to, to for there to be sort of further investment in. Uh, it's just such a beautiful spot geographically and there are quite a lot of properties that have sat and not really ever been had much done with them for, uh, as you say guys, many, many years. It is different to whether or not it would be viable for an investor at the moment and I think that you really need to look at sort of the trends in regards to how people are holidaying and We've seen a period where people have been holidaying a lot overseas, with the exception of COVID, mm-hmm. but we're now going into this period where we're seeing cost of living pressure, we're seeing you know interest rates putting um, you know, pressure on households, and you would think that that may cause families to start to look a little closer to home for somewhere to get away as opposed to these sure. sort of big overseas lavish trips. Uh. Maybe if that's the case, then, you know, it would be a good time to be investing in sort of holiday properties up and down the coast, perhaps. But, 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 <laughs> but, but what you're saying is that uh, maybe people are going to other places like maybe uh, Gold Coast or uh, Byron Bay. I'm very hard to go into Byron Bay. Would you say Byron mm, Bay? Maybe. Uh, jump a plane and go up to Port Douglas and things like this mm. rather than come to the central coast. Is that what, you're, what you found? Uh, not necessarily. I think there's still quite a surprising number of people that do holiday here. Though what we've found, uh, I think, is that as sort of transport has gotten a little bit easier, you know, you've got, um, obviously, it's easier to be modern cars, Pete. You know, like if you can be in the car for four or five, six hours and it's really not much much of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can go further. The same thing, you know, the flights are more accessible getting up to the Gold Coast, getting to mm. places like Noosa and whatnot. So, yeah, it does sort of diminish, you would think, the attraction of having uh, a holiday destination that's an hour from home, for example. Right. 
They don't feel uh, like they're really like, getting think, away. Is that what it is? They don't really feel yeah. like it's getting away, I suppose. Well, it's, it's just easier to go further these days. Yeah, I get it. Um, but that being said, I think for the Central Coast, has a great opportunity to be that sort of short-stay holiday destination, but there's just been a lack of investment and focus on trying to create a, a tourist atmosphere. And, you know, we can debate the reasons why that's the case and, you know, who's for and against and whatnot, but that's mm. sort of the reality of it is that there's been other areas that have really sort of nailed that tourist brief better. Um, and, and, you know, I know you guys sort of just brought up Byron. I think that's a good example. I mean, they've managed to just create this sort of atmosphere that's um, – uh, the, the name is bigger than what it actually offers, if that makes sense. Well, I, I might have an answer here, and I can see that you don't want to go there, Lachlan, but here in this little article I'm reading here, it says that in 2021, the Central Coast Local Planning Panel rejected plans for these lots that are up for sale now ah. for, an a million, for an $11 million tourism and residential hub development, which included 21 apartments and I'm seeing the picture it looks beautiful and it's also this was the second time that the Central Coast local planning panel rejected a tourism area okay. so these blocks of land now they did have cabins on them and they've recently been taken off so they are absolutely vacant blocks yeah, greenfield of greenfield sites now aren't they yeah mm. so I think maybe council has spoken and the planning <laughs> people have spoken uh, and said that no, kind of want makes to be sense a now so thing. they've lost yeah. their value because their zoning is not going to be appropriate yeah. For a big development. That's hmm. it. So, yeah, I guess Lachlan's on the money there. So some Maybe. investor has said, well, I'm getting out. I think, guys, there's, you know, if I was to sum it up, I think there's still good potential for smaller investors mm-hmm. to buy holiday rental properties. Okay. But I think where, you know, you're alluding or what you're alluding to is that sort of large developer interest. Unfortunately, I think you're quite right. They're looking elsewhere or they have looked elsewhere from mm-hmm. a holiday or a tourism situation because there are councils out there that are more favourable to what they want to do. And that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but okay. the Central Coast has got great potential for holiday tourism and I think that still as an investment destination for people wanting to buy holiday properties and to Airbnb them, to yeah. lease them out, I think that it's got great potential for that sort of short-stay holiday destination. Um, even if those sort of larger resorts and things are in the planning mix. So there we are, Sherlock. Maybe your, uh, your your self-funded uh, superannuation can pick well, these up and maybe realise a profit a in uh, 30 years' time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, we've got a little understanding there from how that all works from yes. uh, Lachlan this morning. Thank you, mate. Uh, enjoy the weekend and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. There we are. Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners. We're talking tourism today on The Property Report. At Coast FM, that's the vocal there by uh, young fellow, the only surviving monkey, Mickey Dolans. He's the only one left of all those four boys, oh. and he was the believer. So he kind of got a reward for that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up to nine minutes before ten with Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy today. What's on the show next week, Sherlyn? Because I'm looking forward to a week's time from now. Rightio. Well, first of all, it's my birthday, so please don't forget. Oh, really? Yeah. Fifth of August. Oh, bring in the champagne. Thank you. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, this this old chalk's turning in a, a year older, but so. 
chickens. It's all about chickens next week. How to keep them, where to find them, how to look after them. It's our big annual chicken episode. And I can say now that uh, Sherlyn Darcy is only a spring chicken. Oh, thank you. You can 